Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. If you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema. So, it is the month of October 2023, and is once again that very special time of the year wherein I hand over the creative keys to the castle uh, to one Kyle so we can do Kyle's Killer October. to introduce the concept and uh, let us know what the movie it is that we're going to be reviewing today. Yeah, Kyle's Killer October is usually I just take control of the programming and then I uh, I just kind of see how I feel that month. Sometimes I'll do a theme, uh, other times I'm just doing uh, random stuff. This is one of those random stuff months I like to call the kitchen sink. Uh, so this is Kyle's Killer October Kitchen Sink Edition. And this week, uh, it was I was torn between um, this movie and uh, Blood Vessel, is that what it was? The Nazi, Correct. yeah, some kind of Nazi horror movie. Um, well, between uh, this, Frozen from 2010. Sorry if you were excited. It's the other Frozen movie um, <laughs> directed by Adam Green. Uh, this one, this actually, I had heard about this movie in 2010 because that is about the time that I started snowboarding. Uh, I had a buddy uh, take me snowboarding and uh, teach me around this time. And been snowboarding, not... I. I wouldn't say like ever since, but I, I do snowboard. It's just I haven't been in a couple of years because I've been very busy. Um, but yeah, so I'd heard about this movie, but I just never watched it because it sounded stupid. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, okay, people get stuck on a ski lift. Uh, this movie isn't bad. It was entertaining. Um, kind of hard to fill in uh, the uh, in between scenes with dialogue. Uh, it's it's a little a little silly. But uh, I, I sure had fun with this one. How about you, Trevor? Yeah, no, I, I heard about this one again in 2010, although I've never snowboarded. <laughs> um, never, like, perhaps I will someday. Uh, I know the, the girlfriend's brother is really into that, so maybe he'll get drunk someday and rope me into it or something. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I heard this movie had a decent reputation. Like, I've been hearing that over the, over the past decade plus. That's a pretty decent little horror movie. Lit, emphasis on little. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I agree with you. There are certain parts of it largely involving like chunks of dialogue that just feel like they're there to get us to feature length runtime. Um, but then there's other nuggets of dialogue here and there that are feel are very well acted and feel very genuine. But occasionally there's just these whole scenes where it's just like, hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that was especially necessary, but it it padded the runtime and it got us there. But yeah, on the whole, it's a, the production values are there. Like for such a minimalist film, you can tell that they allocated their budget towards the correct things to make a movie of this type. Um, and yeah, on the whole, I was like, yeah, this was this was a pretty decent little horror film. Yeah, this is a pretty decent horror film on the whole. Um, this, like I said, was directed by Adam Green. Uh, the only thing that I can see of his that I'm kind of familiar with is Hatchet. And I think he did Hatchet and Hatchet 2. 
Well, I believe Kane Hodder is the titular uh, hatchet in that movie. Uh, <laughs> he's being held by uh, another person, and he's used to uh, to kill people. No, that's not what happened. I think he's like some <laughs> Bayou fucking serial killer or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I've never seen any of these guys' other movies. Yeah, um, on the subject of Hatchet, uh, I actually have seen all of those movies. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know why. Like, I don't know <laughs> I what don't know why you have either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what possessed me to devote, like, eight hours of my life to watching, I think, four Hatchet movies, if memory serves. Um, I think Adam Green only directed three of the four, though. I don't think he did the third one, but there's a there's an additional one uh, where they John Ramboed that shit, where they they made a, a Victor Crowley movie instead uh, of yeah. a Hatchet Four. It's it's just what you do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if we get too long in the tooth, we got to find a new way to title the thing instead of continually putting the number up there. Uh, I'm kind of proud of the Fast and Furious movies for proudly putting a fucking X in their title. It's like well, this is the tenth movie. You have signed up for this shit ten times now, and you're gonna sign up for eleven. <laughs> well, at least you know where it is in the franchise. Like you know what movie you're watching, because I think Nightmare on Elm Street does a pretty decent job of that. Uh, I guess Friday, the Friday the Thirteenth movies do. I think horror movies are good at that. Uh, it's surprising that an action movie franchise does it, because Rambo sure as shit. Did, I have no idea about those fucking movies. Like where where is what? I don't even know. Yeah, it goes, what, uh, First Blood, which is an entirely different title from the rest of the series. Yep. Um, was it First Blood Part 2? Rambo First Blood Part 2, I think, is the name of the second one. Something like that. And then and then they just nix the First Blood, and it turns into Rambo 3, and then it just turns into Rambo, and then it's Rambo Last Blood, which I certainly <laughs> hope is the last of those movies, because <laughs> it never should have happened the first... Yeah, uh, I, for one, champion the idea of... Just put the number in there. Yeah. Like if if you've made that many movies, you owe it to your audience to just just wear that on your on, proudly on yourself and just yeah. let everybody know. Yeah, we've asked you to come out to the theater ten fucking times, ten. and you still keep showing up, you stupid fuck. <laughs> but you stupid bitch. I say that to myself like twenty <laughs> times a day, Kai. Bitch. <laughs> hey, you can't go in there, you stupid bitch. <laughs> Any anytime somebody like skirts a boundary or something, just hey, you can't go in there, you stupid bitch. The big dot glasses, the Bloomingdale bags, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kyle, I'm not kidding. Like twenty times a day. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've seen all of the Hatchet films. Um, and it does look like uh, Mr. Adam Green does have an extensive background in horror films of varying degrees of quality. Uh, but one one thing I'd like to toss out there that I actually stumbled across that has some potential for perhaps being kind of fun. I seriously doubt it is. Um, but on paper, it has some value to it. Is something called Holliston, um, which is apparently like a a TV horror sitcom is the way they describe it. Mm. But it's as you would expect, it's populated with like icons of modern horror, like Bill Mosley's in there and like a cameo oh. role. Oh, we're putting, uh, Bill Mo- <laughs> we're putting Bill Mosley on the icons, huh? Okay. He, I mean, he's he's been in things, Kyle. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then of course Kane Hodder, uh, who it does seem Adam Green has like a, a friendly relationship with, and then uh, D. Snyder uh, also. 
uh, who he so he seems to also have a friendly relationship. But um, the concept of it sounded kind of cute, where it's it's about apparently like two aspiring filmmakers, like who are also horror fans, and it's like a sitcom format with a lot of cameos from horror actors and stuff. So there's some potential there. It doesn't seem like it was very successful. Maybe there's some issues with the writing. Like maybe it's just chronically unfunny. Um, but on paper, that sounded kind of cute to me. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. Anyway, that's that's literally everything that comes to mind for me to say about Adam Green. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've also got our cast, which is basically three people. No, it is three people. Uh, we have Shane Ashmore. You'll know him as Bobby Drake from the X-Men movies. And he's still working consistently. Like, he's he's still doing stuff. But I haven't seen him yeah. in anything else. This, this is the only thing in him is Bobby Drake. I called him Bobby throughout my notes. Uh, and then we have Emma Bell, who, I mean... She's definitely an aughts, an aughts gal. Like, that was definitely her time. She was on an episode of Supernatural. Every 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 uh, boot-cut, low-rise-jeaned girl in the aughts was in Supernatural. Like, every single actress that could fit into those pants was on that show. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't famous. That wasn't famous. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And she was in Hatchet. She was in one of the final... De- she was in Final Destination 5. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and then she's done a bunch of TV stuff. She's been on The Walking Dead, Arrow, I think Smallville, Dallas, all kinds of stuff. Um, and then Kevin Zeggers, who is in all the Airbud movies, uh, he is the other person besides the dog, basically. <laughs> um, he's the he's the other guy. He's the in other the guy. Airbud franchise. His IMDb photo does not look like him. For some reason, in this movie, he looks like Zac Efron and Jensen Ackles merged into one person. Oh, I am so happy you mentioned Zac Efron. Because, yeah. yeah, that's that's what I saw. Um, this is a super deep cut, so you may have to Google this as I'm talking. But what I pictured when I, whenever I looked at this man uh, was Zac Efron and Matt Hannon, a.k.a. Samurai Cop. Oh, like gosh. if you merge those two, I mean, yeah, I said it was a super deep cut, Kyle. I prefaced this. <laughs> if you merge the you, two of them, you you would get this man. You do know that uh, I probably should have told you this, but Maniac Cop One was the other placeholder for this one. Oh damn, yeah. we missed out on Maniac. I mean, there's still time, Kyle. There's, there's still, still time. time. There's I think time. Maniac Cop Two is also on there. And <laughs> if memory serves, one of those Maniac Cop movies has uh, Bruce Campbell in it. Uh, the I'm first pretty one. sure one of the yeah I'm pretty sure Robert Davi's in one of them. That's less of a selling point. Yeah. But... <laughs> Not Robert Zadar. Who is it? You said. A uh, Matt Hannon. And Samurai Cop. Correct. I, I'm going to cut this out. <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> that was a waste of time. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot of insight. Are you into thinking any of these actors. Matthew Caradus? Is that who you're Apparently thinking? that's another name he goes by. Okay, then yes, I see this person now. Like Matthew Caradus, I see. I could see that. Yeah. I see, a little I bit. See. The eyebrows. Yeah. The okay. eyebrows mostly. Okay. But um also the poor the poor guy, like he's it's listed on his IMDB. He all four all of his grandparents are of Dutch ancestry. It's like, hmm, missed out on them height genes, apparently. <laughs> Sorry, bud. <laughs> hey, we all did. Um, yeah, <laughs> but 
as far as the cast goes, I don't have a whole lot of more to contribute other than um, our two dudes apparently are actually friends, like out, outside of the film. Um, yes. They do have some crossover in their filmographies, like they've been in other productions together. Uh, and in fact, they're both on a show right now together. Mm. Um, I think it's called The Rookie. Um, it's a, it's like a cop show or something. Uh, nothing fancy. Um, and also, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out the irony of a character who plays Iceman mm-hmm. starring in a film called Frozen, <laughs> which yeah. involves Iceman uh, getting the deep freeze. Um, but yeah, uh, most of these people, they are television actors. They've been in countless television productions. So they're all working actors. You've more than likely seen things that they were in, even if you didn't recognize them. But Sean Ashmore is probably the most uh, noteworthy of the of the trio, I guess. Yeah, he was in X-Men. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the plot of this movie is two assholes and a girl uh, go snowboarding for much cheaper than it should be. Uh, and they get stuck on a ski lift, and Mary mishaps ensue. Um, yeah, dude, uh, did you catch the uh, bigger boat? The bigger boat production logo. Yeah, I I started like trying to research that because I was curious. I knew you would. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> I, it, it got my it got my my wheel spinning. <laughs> well, because uh, Sean Ashmore was in the X Men films, um, I think. Um, he who shall not be named. Well, I'm going to name him because it's our podcast and it's small time. Nobody gives a shit. Brian yep. Singer. Oh yeah. Um, I believe he. I mean, the director of a lot of the X Men films. Um, I think he has a production company called Bat Bad Hat Harry, which is a quote from Jaws. Also a quote from Jaws. So Ooh. I was curious. Bigger boat. Bad Hat Harry. Um, is it like? Is this also? produced by brian singer because i'm seeing sean ashmore in it and i'm seeing there's some crossover there apparently not but um i wasn't surprised at all when some spielberg films got mentioned um during the actual film <clears throat> what was it et and jaws both get name dropped at some point maybe yeah they definitely do <laughs> okay so i guess we could just jump into this movie it shouldn't shouldn't take us too long okay start a timer at, at, at home folks to see how long it actually takes us to do this one uh because <laughs> uh, yeah so these uh these uh, three jabronis are going snowboarding um we've got you know some opening shots of the mountains you know we've got some fresh powder we're about to carve up this mountain uh and there's a pl- they're hatching a plan the three of them uh two guys and a girl uh i believe What's her face? Emma and handsome guy. I'm just gonna call him Zach. He just looks like Zach Efron. Um, <laughs> Emma and Zach are uh, hanging out. Uh, they seem to be dating early on, dating. And apparently, what the scheme is is these two guys usually get to go uh, snowboarding for free. They're college students, and I don't know how much. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar at all with snowboarding, Trevor. Um, it's one of the most expensive uh, recreational activities. Uh, just buying gear, buying winter gear, buying your board and everything is expensive. Lift tickets are expensive. Uh, so if you want to go in college and you don't have a job, it's it's pretty difficult. Um, so yeah, their their scheme is is they usually have this younger girl that just lets them snowboard for free. But it's uh it's a dude this time, a big old a big old guy, not good looking guy. And they're like, go use your lady powers on him, basically. So already. These guys are kind of assholes. That's why I call them assholes. Because like you, they're using this guy's girlfriend to go get them 
uh, free lift tickets, basically. Yeah, it's like if if that was your plan A, like yeah. I don't know, man. Like like <laughs> like I don't know how you scout ahead, but like I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a decent drive just to get to the mountain. Like you know, you 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 probably should have thought this through. Um, yeah, I, I like the way the movie starts with the like just the silent close-ups of components of the chairlift mechanism mm-hmm. like it, it starts almost like an industrial film but because of the atmosphere of it and and the shot selection and the sound design which is good here <laughs> won't carry through the entire film um, but is good here um it does have like an ominous vibe to it it's just like a setting the stage for things to come like we all know why we put on the movie so it, yeah. it, it's yeah. appropriate to start it this way but but yeah um I forget. Like, when does the when does the soundtrack enter into the picture, Kyle? Oh, because pretty the quick. licensed music, yeah, the licensed music in this film announces itself, and it feels you you had your finger to the pulse much better than I. In twenty ten, to me, this music sounds dated. Like, this sounds ten years out of date to to my ears. But I wasn't. I <laughs> I don't wipe properly. I don't. <laughs> in with the trends i don't own a toothbrush well, you, <laughs> like, I, I didn't know what was going on in the music world in 2010 uh so i i was listening to i was listening to more hardcore like a day to remember uh i was actually a little bit of metalcore at that time jolly uh, green giants shitty, shitty beetles. beetles yeah no i was more into like uh i was into it i wasn't listening to mainstream stuff i've i've been listening to uh to the, the counter, little counterculture music, a little different stuff. So I don't know. This does seem a little nickelback Like, this is, like, weird, like, punks merging into rock, and then it's just kind of... It's just vague rock music. Like, it's... Yeah, it's like Troy Duffy's <laughs> Boondock Saints band. Like, it's just shit. Like, it's just it's, not it's, good. <laughs> straight shit. It's just it's shit. Va- it's vaguely rebellious. Yeah, no, I, I, I think they got these They got these songs for a hug. I don't think they had to pay too much for these. Yeah, well, I mean, our cast is populated with super dorks. Like, like these are all nerds. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, like, they had some nerdy hookups or something, or if, or if this was our director's taste in music. I, I will go on record and say this. I probably should have said this when we were talking about it, but the director, Adam Green, I have always kind of pictured him sitting in the same room as uh, Cabin Fever guy. <laughs> um, what's his face? From Boy Meets World? Uh, no. Um, our director, the, the Bear Jew. Oh, the bear Jew. Uh, yeah, Eli. Eli Roth. Eli Roth. I, I've always kind of pictured him being of, like, a, having a similar vibe. Like, like maybe not as inflammatory a sense of humor, because Eli Roth seems to revel in pushing people's buttons just seemingly for the sake of doing it. He's kind of, he's kind of like that. He's an instigator. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there is, like, a, a juvenile quality to some of, like, his subject matter and humor that, like, makes me think of think of of eli roth whenever i think adam green i could see that they're i mean like kind of contemporaries they're they are they are making movies at the same time obviously i think eli roth was a little more successful um but not necessarily it helps when what your your girlfriend or whatever has has deals with the chilean government or whatever or some shit (laughs) they're not together anymore they're not together anymore (laughs) so he can't make movies in chile anymore (laughs) get those fancy tax breaks yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I, I can see what you mean. They're they're around the same time, so yeah. Uh, he probably was just like, oh man, Eli's such a better director than me. I'm like, not by much. Uh, <laughs> oh, speak, speaking of how nerdy our, our cast and crew are, um, Newbury Comics. Did you happen to see the giant fucking sign positioned squarely behind our three characters at the ski lift? Uh-uh. Uh, it's a big-ass sign that says Newbury Comics, and I looked it up, and it, it's, it is, in fact, a comic shop. Um, ah. somewhere somewhere on the eastern seaboard mm. um and our characters are mass holes as far yes. as i can tell yes, 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 yes. <laughs> like i think that's how they're supposed to be characterized the new hampshire joke he said was pretty funny but you can plug and play any state with that uh but a pretty good joke um, frequent use of the word wicked wicked um, not, yeah. not not common to the the pacific northwest vocabulary but no. quite common out out east side <laughs> note have you ever seen mark Wahlberg? kiss in a movie it's fucking disgusting it did, just mean, look up a clip a whole lot of, yeah wasn't a whole lot of smooching in boogie nights there's a whole lot of other stuff but yeah. not not smooching look up a clip of him kissing reese witherspoon in fear you'll fucking dry heave it's absolutely <laughs> repulsive you just because you you mentioned mass holes and it just i've been meaning to tell you this for a bit i'm like i was watching a clip of fear and i'm like oh uh, <laughs> I've never, I've never actually seen that movie. So, is is that something I need to put on the list? Or I, I think it, it's something. I think that it, <laughs> I think that Mark Wahlberg's menacing in that movie. But I don't know. There's a there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on in that movie. I don't know if it's necessarily a, a we need to watch it kind of deal. Okay, I, I do know that uh, Brad's buddy Matt from the Cinema Speak podcast. It, it's on his naughty list. It, he's not. He he would not tolerate some content in that movie. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I yeah. think there's a hate crime in that. An- animal no, animal stuff. Yes. Yes. That movie yeah. did wreck me as a kid because that animal stuff is a brutal. At least I, from what I remember. That's uh, literally all I know about that movie, other than apparently Marky Mark uh, attempts to eat Reese Witherspoon's face. <laughs> it's pretty gross. He calls uh, it kissing, but it, it ain't kissing. Dude, I'm like, this is a movie, man. Just keep tight-lipped and be professional here, you nasty shit. Anyway. Good vibrations! He's just, like, thinking that to himself. Uh, gosh. Uh, yeah, so... They're like, all right, you're gonna go talk to this fucking simp, and uh, get us some uh, get us some tickets. And I did like it first. I'm like, oh, this dude's not a weeb. He's not putting up with this shit. He'll he'll, he'll shut you down. Um, but she he ends up caving off screen, obviously. But he was doing a pretty good job. And he was just like, yeah, uh huh, yeah, whatever. I don't care. I guess the the thing was, she's like, just go tell him that you and your girlfriends forgot your credit cards and you just need lift tickets, which he gives them. Um, <clears throat> And I think we learned that this is, um, it was supposed to be a boys trip. It was supposed to be just the two of them, which usually tends to be a bigger deal uh, with guy friends in your early 20s. Like, bro, what the fuck, man? Why'd you bring her? Like, we were just going to fucking hang out. This is stupid. Yeah, have you ever had this this situation, Kyle? Have you ever, have you ever actually experienced this in your life? Uh, yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> uh, I, it was never it never mattered to me like other Good. people would complain about it uh I, we found out a couple of years ago at my buddy's wedding uh that uh one of my buddies was upset with steph 
She's like, yeah, Kyle and I had a great thing. We were just watching Party Down South on the couch together, and you had to come in. <laughs> he was just like, he was just giving her, he was just like busting her balls a little bit. Like, I don't think he really meant that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've never I've never been the guy who brought the gal before, um, <laughs> but I, I've certainly been in the room for explosion like that. Yeah, it's like I like wipe properly. I was just thinking like have a girlfriend. Like just Trevor. Just, yeah, like I don't want to go to the I don't want to go to any social situation, but I surely am not gonna force another person to come with me. A person who doesn't want to go to the social situation to the social situation. I mean, Kyle just said everything for me. I, I don't have to add to that. <laughs> I don't want to go. Yeah, that... <laughs> why would I want to bring why somebody else to suffer go? along with me? <laughs> like, do you want to be here? No. I'll give my wife the album. Like, I got to go do this thing. And she's like, do you want me to go? I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. You, so you don't have to go. You don't have to do it. <laughs> it's like, I'm taking a bullet for you. I do this because I love you. <laughs> I think she wants to go with me for things that I don't want to do so that she can say when I don't want to do the things she wants to do, she can be like, well, I went with you on that thing. Like, I told you not to. <laughs> I specifically <laughs> told you not to. <laughs> it's a it's a sliding scale of brownie points. It's ah. like, no, 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 no. I see what you're doing. I see what you're, you're doing. Trying, you're trying to bank some shit no, no, right no, now. No, no, <laughs> no. No, no, no. You don't get that rainy day fund. Nope. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. We're going to go home tonight and we're watching the thing thing yeah <laughs> because i got plenty brownie points saved up i managed to get 30 days a night in last weekend with her was that upsetting it was a she she handled it she she's okay. pretty good yeah yeah okay. Great movie. okay it's almost as if she's been with you for a long time and she's getting used to these things as my buddy augustine once said sir i think i'm mentally breaking her down uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh that's a funny story uh, Seven didn't work out though, right? Seven, seven was that was that was a a bad weekend at the Kyle house. It was not a good weekend. Not as bad as Bone Tomahawk, but it's pretty. Oh Jesus! (laughs) I didn't know. Jesus! I didn't know what I was getting into the Bone Tomahawk. I didn't know what was it. What it was gonna be. Oh well, yeah. That that's especially bad when it's like even you're not prepared. (laughs) It's like I can't save you. (laughs) It's like. I'm so I'm terribly sorry. I, I didn't that, know this was coming. <laughs> I watched that with uh, Nick and Steph. Nick was there for that one. Oh yeah. Oh, what, did he give a stiffler? Yes. <laughs> I don't remember how he. I don't remember how he reacted to it. I think he was probably like, "Dude, that was a that was a bit much." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can actually hear him in my head saying that, "Dude, I think it was a bit much." That, that was a bit much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. Anyway. She gets the uh, she gets the lift tickets and they're they're headed up and uh, so uh, Bobby is a skier and then Zach and Emma are snowboarders basically and we get like we get banter like banter up on the lift going up there he's just like you should try snowboarding sometime and he's like they're so emo it's just a fad I'm like how are snowboards emo dude you have to have a Mountain Dew. While you're on these fucking things. That's the least emo thing ever is a snowboard. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I'm pretty sure they were actually kind of fashionable at the time. Like, For like, sure. Yeah, wasn't the flying tomato coming out around this time? Well, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Oh, you, Olympian. Uh, I forget his mm, name. Red, mm. Red-headed kid. Yeah, Sean White. Countless, Sean White. Yeah, he yeah, won countless gold medals. 
snowboarding and stuff. Oh yeah, my mom. Yeah, my mom would call me Sean, Sean White if I was going. Yeah. To, I'm like, I'm going snowboarding this weekend. She's like, Oh, are you gonna go hang out with Sean White? I'm like, Yeah, I'm gonna go hang out with Sean White. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm gonna do. Exactly we are we do. are definitely in the same tax bracket. Yeah, we are, the, we are <laughs> we are the same height, but we are not in the same tax bracket. Hey man, low to the ground, low center of gravity. You That's get, right. You get, you, you get them flips. <laughs> Doing flips and shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, then we get stuck for a little bit, and they're being obnoxious. It's like, hey, we paid money for this, and you as the viewer are like, no, you didn't. Not a lot of money. Um, yeah, they eventually, they get up there, and they, you know, they they hit a few, uh, they, they hit a few, uh, they hit a few slopes. Um, and... <laughs> Bobby gets down there and he eyes a cute girl. Doesn't really matter. Uh, he has a little interaction with her. Um, it's kind of cute in the context of the the like structure of the whole film, because like when he sees her again, we have like the seeds planted for like a I don't know like a cruel irony or something or like or like a a situation where it's like you it gives him motivation to to get out of the sticky situation he finds himself in. But apparently, this actress is obviously a friend of the director as is seemingly every every member of the cast and crew yeah um yeah but he gets he talks to her her ex-boyfriend comes up and slams him and nothing happens really uh but she, i she gives him a look she's yeah. she's like it's it's not spelled out that like her her boyfriend is her ex-boyfriend in that sequence like he's he Sean Ashmore is helping her like put on her her skis or whatever, um, and then she she shoots him like a a look and he shoots her one too. So it's like hmm, put a pin in that. Oh, she's down to clown. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. So I was gonna tell you this story because I noticed this. Uh, but uh, Zach has on uh, sunglasses while they're out there. Now, generally you wear goggles, but occasionally you'll have a day where it's not windy and it's warm. And you could just wear sunglasses, which I did one time. I brought uh, goggles, but I'm like, guys, I don't even need these goggles. I just left my sunglasses on. I'm like, it's warm, having a good day, I'm loving it. Came back the next weekend thinking I could do the same thing, white out at the top. Like, it was so fucking, like, like windy and snow's just hitting your face. It was a miserable day. I gave up about halfway through the day, because uh, I could only go so high. But I went up to the top. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go straight up to the top on the first run. I like, I'm like, ah, like <laughs> yelling, like just angry. Bees, I'm just, just millions kidding. of bees. Seriously, it was so windy and there was so much snow hitting me in the face. I was like, this was so stupid. I'm like, now I, I come with two pairs of goggles uh, every time I go. Just in case. <laughs> Kyle's just, I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> you stupid bitch. Yeah. Uh, 20 times a day not joking <laughs> yeah this is where i have the uh, this is where i have the terrible soundtrack written down um oh. yeah then we get some lodge talk this is again this is where bobby's kind of teasing emma about behind her back he's just like yeah your girlfriend's out there just falling down dude i just want to hang out with you and just rip this shit bro uh, i just want to hang out no big deal no big deal <laughs> <laughs> that is the shittiest pizza i've ever seen maybe on screen Oh yeah, that, whatever that, it is they're eating. Although I do give the movie credit, they do actually call it out later. Like they do refer to it as cardboard pizza because on camera, it looks disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like really, just, <clears throat> like you watching Marky Mark kiss somebody. Just, <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> um, 
There's also a wanted poster in the cafeteria that I, I had to look into because I was because I was curious why it's there. Because the movie Wanted with that... McAvoy. No, not the movie. <laughs> I saw that shit in the theater, by the way. Oh. The same fucking friend that I'm going to be hanging out with later today, and he knows who he is. He listens to the damn show. He, he is responsible for, for dragging me into the theater to see the worst shit ever. And Wanted is among those movies. Um, we saw that in the theater, and we had the choice of that or Wall-E, oh. which is a lovely film that is... It's in the Criterion Collection, goddammit. It's a Disney Criterion film. So beautiful soundtrack. Michael Giacchino, I think. Anyway, I didn't see Wall-E until, like, last fucking year because the girlfriend wanted to see it. Mm. Instead, I got to see Wanted in the theater. And aside from Morgan Freeman saying, this motherfucker, like, like aside from that one line, that movie is mostly dog shit. Decent Danny Elfman song. He actually sings a song in it, Kyle. Oh, nice. Um... But no, there's there's like a wanted post. No, it's like I think it's a missing poster. Excuse me. Um, and I looked into it, and apparently it's um, like a camera operator that the director regularly works with. And he he went to go work on Rob Zombie's Halloween Two instead, a you know bigger, high, more higher profile production. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of a dig at at a, a friend in in his regular crew. Um, but yeah, I was like, is this movie gonna like pivot into like some some crazy guy wandering around the woods is like That'd hanging be cool. out below them or something? Yeah, I, I was like, why is that there? Because very few things end up in films by accident. Mm. And it's very deliberately like center frame, like when somebody's getting like refilling a cup of coffee or something. It's, it, it was very strange, and then I found out the reason for it, and I was like, oh, well, it's cute, but it, also awkward. Uh, the guy tucking in his boner. Uh, at the end of Teen Wolf was an accident. They they didn't mean for that to be in there. Um, <laughs> I can tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so we're like, all right, we're going to go rip this shit one more time. Bobby goes and talks to the hot girl. He gets her digits in his mind, but he's a pothead, so it's not going to go well. Plus, he's going to die, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> um, spoiler alert. Um, I do like the, the the thing of the phone number. Like, I have my, you have those three, I have these four. It's like, yeah. it's your job to remember those three. <laughs> How are you going to remember the zip code? It's 555. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah, it's a movie. Fuck yeah. off. <laughs> Don't be stupid. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're like they go up to this uh, operator again, and he's like, "Come on, dude, let us let us go for one more." And he's like, "No, man, we're closing for the week. There's bad weather coming in. These are all things you should be paying attention to if you're a viewer." Um, and they're like, "Come on." He's like, "Fuck it. All right, simp." Um, he get he lets these guys go up because she does the please, please let us go up there, please. Um, it works on every guy, ladies. Just keep trying it. There's no way. There's no- <laughs> Just do it enough times, eventually it'll win. <laughs> yeah, it always works. Trust me. Um, it doesn't. Uh, then we've got uh, them going up there, basically. And as they're on their way up there, they're probably talking about God knows what. Um, this guy this guy that this other uh, dude that works there comes up. He looks familiar, but I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything. Um, I don't know what it is about his face. It almost looked like a cameo of some kind, but there's another quote-unquote cameo coming up but yeah he basically tells this dude like hey you got to go in the office boss is pissed about shit okay real quick we got to take a take a time out so it's kind of funny how states that have legalized marijuana it 
I live in one. I've lived in two. But three states that have legalized recreational marijuana also have the best snowboarding in the U.S. <laughs> and those are Washington, Colorado, and Alaska. Um, so it's kind of funny seeing these op- like these lift operators are like, this is not what these people look like. These operators are like 24 potheads that are just mountain. They're just like, they just go snowboarding. So it's weird seeing these guys be like, taking their job seriously. I'm like, this is not the day. It's not the case. <laughs> it's kids. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's I, life. I like the way. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I'm picturing. I, I, I hate to say it, this is probably disrespectful, but I picture like a carnival kind of basically <laughs> like nah. last time I was at wild waves in enchanted village, like the, the, the age range of the people handling these, these park rides was quite young mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like uh very young like high school age yeah i um, remember we <laughs> we went uh to do roller coasters at a place that we went to when we were kids and i remember being a kid and like oh look at these adults you know running these rides i went this last time i'm like these are fucking children uh, doing this how are yeah, you qualified every, sir yeah. every park is adventure park <laughs> yeah. um i like the way this scene was structured like the edit of it where mm-hmm. It has a logical flow to it, and mm-hmm. it does have like a natural buildup of tension. It's actually skillful filmmaking. Yeah. Um, so we do have what what Kyle said, where they con the guy into letting them on the chairlift. He does tell them bad weather's coming. He does tell them, and we do see him plant a flag in a chair, which I'm guessing is a signal to the person at the top or something that when this comes around, that means it's it's the end of the cycle. You can turn it off now. Um, because nobody else is going to be let on. Uh, so he puts that in, we see it go off, and then when the shift change happens, uh, it's not it's not a normal thing, but as Kyle said, uh, some other guy comes in and tells him, like, hey, you're getting roped in to uh, doing an, ex- an extra shift when you thought you had vacation planned. Uh, so he goes, the guy who let them onto the chairlift goes storming off to go talk to the manager. So he leaves someone else in charge who isn't aware that our characters are on the chairlift when they're not supposed to be. Um, but the last thing he's told is that, and th- it's kind of like they, they do a good job of making sure that the guy who let them onto the chairlift is somewhat innocent. Like he mm-hmm. tries, he does as much as one really can. He says, there are three more people coming down. Don't turn it off until those people come down. Unfortunately, three other dudes come down um, and he turns it off yep. uh, w- without knowing that our heroes are on it. So we have our, our lovely setup. And by the way, we do tease it earlier in the movie. Um, the first time they go on the chairlift, it does stop for a second, which I guess plants the seeds for them to like hang out up there and try to wait it out for a little bit. <laughs> Um, hey, do you like this scene? <laughs> because this is going to be the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be the whole movie. So if this if this aesthetic doesn't work for you, if this venue doesn't work for you, you might want to go watch that other Frozen movie. <laughs> yeah, because it's better, I'm sure. <laughs> it's all right. I've seen it. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Um, Kyle's never going to have kids. I'm never <laughs> going to watch that movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. So I, I did like... I did. Uh, pull a line out of here okay so this dude is like 38 working the ski lift he can't just quit his job because normally it's just like you're gonna have to work on your day off like dude i'm not gonna do it i'll just quit this guy needs this job okay like he 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 has to work here um yeah but the guy uh tries to get 
the guy that fills in for him tries to get another guy to fill in for him. And he says, dude, could you cover me? I have to piss so bad I can taste it. And I'm like, Ugh. that's a vulgar way to put it, but I get it. I do know what he means. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, they were talking about, like, what's the worst way to die? I think that they're sitting up there just thinking about, like, homegirl's a little freaked out. The two of them are like, it's not a big deal. Like, they'll get it going here. Um, and they're like, what's the worst way to die? And she's like, I think burning alive. And then Bobby says, Sarlacc pit. And they're like, what? He's like, Sarlacc pit. You'll be slowly digested over a thousand years. And I'm like, they're obviously going to say it's a stupid way to go because you'll be dead in like two minutes because it's a Sarlacc pit. You can't live for a thousand years. But nobody brings it up. He does, they don't take the opportunity to, uh, to bring that down. Well, I mean, that's what that's directly what is said in Return of the Jedi. That's what C-3PO says, talking I, about the Sarlacc pit. And, and the idea is, I guess, for as long as you live, um, you will be digested. So, like, as, as, long, as long as you can live, you will be in pain, being slowly melted. But it's a thousand years. It, it's... Well, it's Star Wars, Kyle. What if you're some wonky alien thing? Like, how, do you know how long Ewoks live? Maybe they live to be five thousand years. They live for fifty-six. I don't know. They live for fifty-six years, Trevor. Fifty-six years. This <laughs> is like, how do you know this? I I know this. Chewbacca was five years old when he met Han. Okay. <laughs> Kyle wrote the Wikipedia. Dude, <laughs> Dude he's I, the secret author of the Wikipedia. I am not in the weight class of writing star wars wikipedia pages man <laughs> i am a featherweight <laughs> this is not my weight class bro uh, <laughs> not here i can't even grow a beard um yeah now we get they're stuck on this lift and we get lights out now trevor i've done night snowboarding before they did a uh um i think it was stevens did a uh uh, 24 hour you buy a 24 hour pass for like a hundred bucks and it was for charity basically so you get full night dude we got about 12 hours i think we did about 12 hours and we're like okay we've got to go like rest or something like let's go sleep in the truck for a little bit and then we were just exhausted we slept for like four hours and we're like i guess we could get up and finish out till nine o'clock or like or we could just drive home we're like fuck it let's just go like it's it was exhausting <laughs> but it's really cool they got it they keep um uh it's one run really that they keep lit but it's a really good one but if you turn the lights out up there trevor the only reason why there's lights up there is because there's lights up there so when the <laughs> lights are gone it is boom like pitch fucking black out there so that would be pretty terrifying uh, in this yeah. situation, they there's it's pretty well lit in this movie, but honestly, like it would be terrifying. Actually, I this is such a minor thing; it, it's awkward to mention because uh, it, it isn't reflective of the whole film. But I was actually a little bit nervous about the production quality of the movie in the opening shots. Oh, really? Because uh, yeah, like it didn't end up being true. Um, it wasn't again; it wasn't reflective of the overall product because it's actually a pretty handsomely shot film. Like especially considering like the the use of locations and the the cranes or whatever camera rigs they were using to achieve these shots, give it a nice look. Um, mm -hmm. It gives it a genuine quality that adds an extra layer of gravity to it that works quite well. But um, when we're first introduced to to Parker, the gal, um, she has this weird bounce board lighting on her face 
that whenever that we cut to her angle, like whenever she's talking to the dudes and we keep cutting to like between them and to her angle, like she has this weird lighting scheme on her that just looks like it's from a different reality. Um, again, that didn't translate to the overall production, but I really love the, the bit when they, when we see the lights turning out in sequence behind them Yeah, and they have the, the audio cue, like the rumble of the electricity being shut off. Uh, that was really effective especially because there's like a pan over to to like get those the lighting rigs in the frame um and then just one by one you see them shut off i thought that was really effective like, yeah. i like that a lot yeah that was pretty good i noticed it too much. oh they're turning off lights are going out guys um yeah yeah and then we get some snow it starts snowing a little bit that's just you know kind of help add the add the tension but they're twiddling their thumbs for a little bit longer and then they hear a noise and I don't know what this thing is called, but it's some kind of snow machine tractor thing. Uh, but who's driving it, Trevor? Oh, well, that would be Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Kane Hodder uh, is dri- he is driving the snowmobile, uh, the, the snowplow, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I, I was delighted to see him, as, as I hope we all are. Uh, he's been on Catching Up on Cinema at least once before. Um, in the form of a not very great film, uh, Jason Goes to Hell, um, which might be the worst of the Friday the 13th films. It's one of the worst movies we've ever covered. That and The Big Man are like the two worst movies we've ever hey, done. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> the Big Man had its moments. I, a Big Man was a very slight experience, but The Big Man had its moments. But Jason Goes to Hell was kind of a slog. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it was a lot worse than I remember it. Like, it was so I, much worse. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember it being bad. I don't rem- I didn't remember it being straight that awful bad, in some yeah. yeah, it was it was real bad. Um but yeah, Kane Hodder's actually in that movie not just as Jason, which is very cute and he's he's sporting his a uh, his his mid '90s Undertaker mullet in that. Mm-hmm. He he had the Undertaker mullet from like 1995 in that one. Great look when you're Kane Hodder. Uh, not for me, not for Kyle, not for most other human beings on this planet, but for Kane Hodder, it works. Eh, you've got you've kind of got some naturally curly hair, like you got you've got some bounce to it, so you could do a pretty like the mullet that's in right now that every major league baseball player has. You could probably pull that off. I, whenever I see that haircut, I just think to myself, that person must have a very low opinion of themselves. Like, uh, like I think it's quite the opposite, <laughs> Trevor. It's it's quite the opposite. I think they really, have a, yeah, yeah. Because I, I just see that and I think to myself, like, that person just just really, somebody hurt that person. <laughs> nah, dude, it's, uh, they're way more confident and uh, it's not even a roadblock uh, in their sex life. We'll just put it that way. Like, they're doing fine. They're, it's a hideous look. It's awful. It's awful, yeah. They all look like Kenny, they're all Kenny fucking Powers. They all look yes. like fucking Kenny Powers. They look like Kenny Powers, and Kenny Powers <laughs> is not a good person. How? I did not piece that together. Everybody looks like Kenny fucking Powers. And oh it's gosh. everywhere. We got, we got like, Paul Brothers wearing that shit. We got ball, we got Ooh. any manner oh. of ball players wearing that shit. Every, I see people at the gym with that shit all the time. I'm just like, God, that is just a... That's just bad. Like that just does not look good. That is objectively See, hideous. <laughs> I like. I thought the Peaky Blinders haircut when that came in. I'm like, now that's that's a sharp look. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, where it's long on the top and you kind of comb it over, but it's like yeah. shaved in the back. Yeah, it's a good look. Yeah, you're you're a Dapper Dan man. Fucking right, dude. <laughs> it's a good look. I couldn't do it. I would look like an. I would look like a 
a, like a Nazi if I did that because my hairline well, goes back so far. If I would have tried to do that comb over thing, I'm like, oh, that that dude's trouble. Yeah, Kyle would look like Jeffrey Combs in the yeah, Frighteners. Exactly, <laughs> I would look like Jeffrey Combs in the Frighteners. That's exactly who I had in mind. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, folks, if you're not aware, what we're talking about is basically it's like it's a, it's, it's a part. It's a part. It's a party. No, I'm talking about the ugly. Oh, the, just look up Kenny Powers. That's all you have to do. Just look up it, Kenny. Yeah, Powers. That, that's your quickest reference. But it's like it's a party in the back. Uh, something, something mean and bad in the front, and very little on the sides. Well, it he, looks like an accident. No, you got, it's <laughs> just basically it's the cowardly lion. Everybody just looks like the cowardly lion. It's the same <laughs> idea. Harof. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's terrifying, Jesus. right? Yeah, I still haven't seen it because of them damn monkeys. Oh, <laughs> when you see the snow, when you see that there's snow in that movie, it's asbestos. Mm. Uh, that's that's what it was. Yeah, different times. Different times. <laughs> now you got your goddamn unions. Um, yeah, so they try to get Kane Hodder's attention, but he's in a snowplow thing, and it's just going like he can't hear anything in there. They try to drop like whatever things they have on their person like skis and snowboards down he almost like they do a good job of showing that that he almost notices but the timing of it doesn't work out so he actually double checks out in front of him doesn't see it and then he turns his head around because he's backing up you see um he's a responsible driver um and he he misses it yeah he could have had a, a good opportunity for some comedy here is have him listening to music and being like like just going up just not even paying attention uh but yeah he's listening to he's listening to alice cooper because he's back he's the man behind the mask they they couldn't afford yeah they couldn't afford alice cooper and he's out of control (laughs) (laughs) he's black uh actually uh let's see here there is a hardcore song by poison the well Oh, Crystal Lake. He, he could have been listening to Crystal Lake by Poison the Well because that would have been relevant at this time. They were they were a band from this era. It's really good. I'll will send it to, I'll send it to you. Don't worry. Please do. Please do. Speaking of bands, just for funsies, I'll point out that our director apparently is in a band called Haddonfield. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah, uh, he's a horror fan. Did you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, folks at home, look look up Slaughter to Prevail uh, live in Moscow. It's incredible. Just a complete side note. But go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, they try to get his attention. It does not work out. He does end up uh, backing out of, of the hill area and heading back down to the, the camp. Um, and apparently, this was a cameo that I I recognized the voice, but I, I couldn't pinpoint who it was, and I'm kind of kicking myself. Uh, D. Snyder. Oh, really? Uh, apparently is the voice on the radio telling him to come back to base. Nice. Um, again, uh, D. Snyder apparently is friends with our director. He's on his television show. Uh, his son is apparently his, uh, the director's assistant on this production. So he's our director is very tied in with the Snyder family, apparently. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he just he gets a call back down to base. He goes back. And then finally, uh, Zach is like, all right, guys, I'm going to... I'm going to jump down. I, I've got to do something. Somebody's got to do something here. Now, Trevor, um, there are times where you are low enough that you can jump down. I've seen people do it. Like, it, it, you do just get, you get low enough that you can jump. Other times, you might as well be on top of a fucking six-story building. Like, it, it's it's high. It's not that high, but it's pretty fucking high. And there's times you can absolutely not jump. 
they do a pretty good job of ruling out that this is a safe jump. Like they they get some like almost voyeur looks at it where it's like, oh yeah, no, there there's no way you're gonna make this without breaking something. Spoiler alert, you're gonna break something if you try to jump from this height. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kyle. How many films have we reviewed that involve hangings? That's your territory. Yeah. But also compound fractures. Compound fractures. Compound yeah. fractures have we had in on catching up on cinema. <laughs> and what the hell is that smell? That is your it's bone. It's your legs, son. It's your legs. <laughs> it's starting to smell like almonds. Um, <laughs> this is fucking hilarious. I this actor, I mean, he is he is dreamy, but his screaming is hilarious. Like him, <laughs> I was laughing at this compound. Like, okay, so we got to talk about the practical effects here, or lack thereof. Uh, there's some silly ones. I think the silliest one is the hand one, which we'll get to when we get to. Um, but the compound fractures in this, Trevor, how would you describe this? These bones sticking <sighs> this, out. Well, I mean, it, it, it just looks like kind of plasticky bones with some KY jelly and some red food coloring sprayed on them. But whenever we cut to that one angle, it's like that man is standing in a bucket and he has a couple of he has a couple of puppet legs uh, sewed to his waist. Yes, dude, Ike Barinholtz breaking his leg in Neighbors is one of the funniest things you'll ever see. Ike Barinholtz is so fucking funny in that movie. You got to check it out if you haven't seen it. He, I haven't. Oh, dude, you got to get on it. He jumps off the balcony to be a distraction, and it's like. <laughs> Jim Carrey falling off the jetway where his leg is like turned the other way. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Um, yeah, dude, but this him yelling, he's just like he's fine at first, but then like the shock kind of wears away, and he's just like, "I broke both my legs." <laughs> what gave it away? My bones sticking out. I'm sorry, but I can't help but think of that that pre-YouTube video of the news reporter lady falling out Yeah, that was that was early internet days. Yeah, that's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> um, there's... <laughs> oh, there's some good bike wipeouts out there. Uh <laughs> there's one where a guy it was on Tosh Point I'm pretty sure but this guy just tries to, you know, do a bike thing and he falls down and he picks up his leg and you can see it's like completely bro like completely broken. And he shakes it and it wiggles. He goes, It's broke and you can see it wiggling. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, dude. It's, bro- it's broke. Oh, <laughs> it's crazy. Because because everything is wrestling, Kyle, and mm-hmm. because you and I have been talking about it a little more than usual lately. Uh, Sid, Sid, uh, justice or Sid vicious or whatever they were calling. He had, he was Sid vicious. And then I think, uh, a legal team approached him and said, uh, 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 you gotta be uh, uh, Sid uh. justice now. <laughs> Sid Dude, vicious you belongs do... to someone else. Yeah, Sid vicious belongs to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, Sid justice or psycho Sid, whatever they ended up calling him. By You're going to piss off Johnny rotten and he is a bugger. Like, he, he, is, he is a litigious motherfucker. He is, a, <laughs> he is ornery to say the least. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Psycho Sid uh, in the late 90s in WCW, one of the worst leg breaks I've seen on live television. Oh, really? Sid, 
Look it up, Kyle. I'm doing it right uh, now. S- Psycho Sid off the top rope. Uh, <laughs> did not land properly. Psycho Sid is probably a legit, like, 6'8". Oh. Uh, he, he is a very large individual, not particularly adept at being, say, uh, airborne. Um, and yeah, he did not stick the Oh, and- shit. <laughs> <laughs> Live reaction. Oh. Holy oh. shit. Oh. <laughs> That turned you into Andrew uh, Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> that fucker came out of nowhere. Also, also fucking uh, shirtless with a vest. Come on. <gasps> oh. oh, yeah. He tried. He tries to lift it afterwards. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, gives you the gives you the tinglys below the waist. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no, that's not good. <laughs> that's not how I feel good. Oh no! That uh, is hey, a... Mr. Donut Head, who's trying to kill you? I don't know, but you, you better not. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, dude, that's, that was disgusting. Um, that was awful. <laughs> Fucking God bless. So funny. Uh, uh, yeah so i do like this so it's really it sounds like that legitimately (laughs) oh man uh but yeah emma emma's just like Hang on, hang on, Zach. I'm gonna come down there and Bobby. What the fuck are you doing? Did you not just see bo- his bones are out of his body? <laughs> Don't. You're, it's gonna same thing is gonna happen to you. And she's like, Yeah, okay. So Bobby, Bobby's hatching a master plan. Uh, he's gonna, he's gonna climb. Uh, he's gonna climb the the cable. Basically, he's gonna, he's gonna try to move. But I do like this where they're sitting there and. There's howling in the background, like clearly it's some kind of animal, and ba- uh, ba- uh, his girlfriend's like, "Babe, uh, was that you howling in the distance?" And he's like, <laughs> "No, that was the wolves that are clearly coming uh, to eat me alive." But they uh, smelled the almonds. They smelled the almonds. <laughs> <laughs> Only people who have seen Austin Powers two, the spy who shagged me, a thousand times are gonna get that joke. Um, but you're welcome. Good job. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. You have no life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Bobby's going to try to try to basically, he's not even going to cliffhanger over the cable. He's going to just uh, the wet bandits his way over to the next <laughs> car. And he's like, I can do that. And he's like, you can't, like from the ground, you can't even do a pull up. There's that girl that could do a pull-up, but you can't. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and we were, as I'm watching it, I'm like, why don't you cliffhanger it? You could, you have much more control. The issue is, Trevor, and here's the thing. One, he has no upper body strength. Two, ski boots are fucking heavy. And if you don't have an upper body, if you don't have upper body strength trying to get your feet up there like that, it's going to be pretty challenging. It, it makes enough sense, but I still think I would have tried to do that. Yeah, see, folks at home, like if if you don't understand what what Kyle's referring to when he says cliffhangering it, basically he's <laughs> he's saying instead of going strictly hand over hand, bring your legs up and clutch the thing and scoot scoot yeah. along. Use your legs and your hands. Yeah, have have multiple points of contact. 
I thought the same thing. I was like, if he doesn't have any upper body strength, why is he trying to do, like, one of the hardest fucking things you could try to do? Dude, do you remember uh, it? Hand over hand, like, a hundred feet when you have no upper body strength? No, you're dead. You're gonna fall. <laughs> yeah, maybe monkey bars you could do it on, but a cable? No, it's it's a, it's an awkward angle, like, trying With to... ski gloves on? Fuck no, that. No, fuck that. No, no Dude, but, um, I, I agreed with you. I was like, why, why doesn't he use his legs? Um, and... The solution to that, and and they started to hint at it, was she can help him get his legs up. Yeah. Like, she can help him get the the start, and then he can scoot. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, By, you know, crisis situation, he's not the brightest uh, in the world. So, you know, it's forgivable. But it is, like, one of those things where it's like, why is he choice... Why is he choosing to go about it the most unsafe and most dangerous way possible? <laughs> uh, he looks like, in, I don't know if you remember Beverly Hills Ninja, where he goes to the strip club and he goes to hang on a bar and it's just fucking 380-pound <laughs> Chris Farley hanging from a bar and that's as far as he's going to go. He's never going <laughs> to pull himself up. It's super funny. Um, but yeah, so it's not going well. Bobby's just like, he's like doing his thing. And he's just like, fuck. And he just comes back, basically. Uh, but I do like his buddy, Zach, is just like, all right, I'm going to rest my, my hand and my face for a second. And I'm going to look up. And a fucking Lobo is just right there, just point blank in his face. Yeah, again, I got to get this movie some credit. Like, I, I assume it was a very low-budget production. It like was. Adam Green seemed... He seems to work exclusively with low budgets, uh, usually usually pretty capably. I mean, the, the Hatchet movies have their ugly points here and there, but for the most part, like, the makeup effects are pretty good. The lighting is very stagey. Like, it's not realistic by any means, but it's, it's adequate. But this movie seems like they, they really allocated their budget towards the right things. Like like I said, camera camera rigging, like like camera emplacements and and camera movement is something they put a lot of time and effort into apparently all the snow was like live practical on the set like they had machines blowing the shit in people's faces so instead of green screening this like you more than likely would do today uh, they actually did have these actors suspended high above the ground with complicated camera operation to to get all the shots i mean on top of that as far as i can tell we don't have puppets or uh or CGI wolves. We mm-hmm. actually have live trained dogs, and yeah. holy shit, it makes a big difference. Like having a live animal on the set that actually looks kind of ferocious. Yeah. Um, and they're in multiple shots. Like it's not really clunky. And the reason I'm drawing so much attention to this is because I have seen absolutely horrendous instances of trying to insert like fake wolves into movies. Oh yeah. Uh, Abby, what movie are you talking about, Trevor? <laughs> I mean. The gray. The gray was all right. Like that didn't bug me as much. But there, there's some of the ugliest shit you've ever seen in a was it SPL two? It's a Chinese movie. But there's a whole ass sequence involving a fake wolf and like a little girl that just it's like, who thought this was okay to put in the finished film? Like, like this contributes almost nothing to the narrative and it looks like ass. Why is this here? And this is just an instance of you know devoting your your time and your budget to actually getting animal handlers and trained animals on the set for a few days and getting all the shots you need and it it adds a lot like it it adds a layer of reality to it that actually is meaningful and impactful that's high praise 
You got the Sandberg one. I got the Nick Cage on my end. <laughs> uh, the Sandberg doing Nick Cage is one of the greatest things Saturday Night Live ever did. Uh, so. <laughs> Bitch. Um, <laughs> it was right there. Uh, <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So, yeah. So Bobby goes back. It's not going well. And then uh, we get Zach getting eaten. So the one wolf leaves. He manages to like, get out of here. Get out of here. And uh, the wolf leaves. Then he comes back with his buddies. Uh, and they feast on his flesh. Get in my belly. Yeah. It was appropriate this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Kyle and I shared a laugh over this sequence oh, before the mics great. heated up of... Uh, the sound design in the sequence is just utterly laughable. Yeah, because it's like it's like Kyle's soundboard, but with stock sound effects of like squelching and ripping noises and dog barking noises. It sounds terrible. <laughs> um, and on top of that, we we don't really see much of the attack. It like they wisely like eschew showing like makeup effects and like violence on screen, and instead use use the efforts of the actress to, to carry the drama. So it's mostly a close-up of her being cradled by, by Iceman, by Bobby. He's, like, telling her not to look down, like, you don't want to oh, see this. Yeah. And he's, like, he's like clutching her head. He's, like, <laughs> what was it? You don't want none of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's pretty funny. So as he's getting eaten alive uh, by wolves, uh, they don't... I mean, I guess there's nothing that they can do to help, but... What Bobby does is just like, here, cover your ears and scream. I'm not gonna let you listen to this. I'm not gonna let you listen to this. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fun. It's pretty funny. It, it it it's a good time. It's a weird mix because I do think she's doing a pretty good job acting through the scene, but this all of the sound effects playing over her screaming and her like actual like heartfelt acting it just sounds cartoonish and they it doesn't help that they told the they told the actor to go in the bathroom and gargle like <laughs> soda water or something like there's a lot of weird gurgling noises i'm guessing it's supposed to <laughs> it's supposed to be him having his jugular torn out or something but it yeah. just sounds like so, it sounds like somebody squishing tomatoes and and gargling i'm glad you did <laughs> And speaking of which, the the timing of the, of this death is is well placed uh, in the overall structure of the film because like I, I was not like setting my watch to it, but it's like twenty minutes in we get stuck. Twenty more minutes in at the forty minute mark is when he dies. So it's like it's like every twenty minutes or so something major happens, and this is probably like the midway point of the movie. Um, but yeah, so now we're down to two. Uh, and now we know that we can't jump because we will. Broke my legs. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Oh, you should have led with that, Kyle. That's the that's the title of the movie. <laughs> Fro- that's the tagline. Frozen, unjustifiably in a position I'd rather not be in. <laughs> Seriously. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and then we get, uh, I have a smiley face next to uh, a pack of wolves eat Dan alive. Um, and then we get the blame game going, where it's just like, you should have you, you been the one that jumped off. You, you had the opportunity to do it. And he's like, no, he wanted to do it. He, he said he could do it. He wanted to jump off the, the fucking ski lift. And then I wasn't paying attention. 
uh, what the fuck is she crying about? Because they start talking about cats and mom, and I skipped ahead a little bit uh, because I'm like, <laughs> I, I get it. The dialogue doesn't matter in this movie, to me well, at least. To me, I liked the blame gain uh, sequence. I like the camera angles that they used for the shot, reverse shot of their conversation. I really liked that piece of dialogue mm. because that that felt genuine and it was well acted on both on the part of both the actors. Because the main grievance is that both of them are feeling that like why 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 did he have to die? Like why did he jump? So every like they're all trying to place the blame on someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and his main gripe is that he's known he's known Dan his whole life and she just she's a new arrival to their social circle. Like they've only been together like a year or something. And then on top of that he was annoyed with her the whole day leading up to this and then he keeps he keeps like rewinding time and finding reasons to be mad at her to the point that he's like the only reason we even came out this late at night was because I was I was pissed because you forced us to go on the bunny hill when I wanted to go on a le- more legit le- run during the day. So he's like finding ways to place blame on her for the entire predicament. And you can see that she's like hardwired to be deferential and apologetic. Like she, she just doesn't want him to be mad at her. So she just kind of takes it. Um, but occasionally she pushes back. I like that scene, but what follows after that is less less good um because it's she basically they're they realize they're still trapped and it's getting cold and it's the middle of the night um and i think this is where she finds yet another reason to to be distressed like on top of her predicament she gets upset because she realizes she has uh like a, a small pet at home um that is going to be waiting for her and waiting to be fed and she starts catastrophizing and and starting like starting to realize that if i don't make it home like if i die tonight then my my puppy or whatever is going to die also um but then through that like as she's like reaching this breaking point he finally after being a total dick to her realizes that dwelling in this isn't helping any like it it's it's fruitless like there's no point to it other than making themselves even more miserable uh, they're probably going to die anyway. Like he, he recenters things. He goes from like shitting on her and blaming for her for everything to uh, reframing things and telling her that no, your neighbors will hear your puppy like barking and then they'll they'll find somebody to open the door and then it'll get taken care of. So he, he basically he's trying to make her feel better after making her feel as bad as one can. Um, so it's like two two dialogue sequences back to back that is just inevitably going to happen when your movie is two people sitting on a bench. Um, <laughs> now two people, it used to be three, now you have two people sitting on a bench. Like the, a lot of your runtime is just going to end up being this. Um, but yeah, uh, I like the first one better than the second one. Uh, speaking of which, Kyle, is this a like a subgenre that appeals to you? Like Like these isolation thriller kind of movies where it's like, people trapped in a situation in some fashion like like the shallows is a movie about a woman trapped on a on a rock uh just like a several hundred feet away from the beach uh, there's a shark circling her and uh what devil is people trapped in an elevator 
um, saw is two people trapped in a mysterious room with a hacksaw in the middle with you know riddles and shit like is this like a subgenre that has any appeal to you uh i think the nature ones do uh because one of the best shark one of the i think it blows jaws out of the water which is going to be controversial um as far as like not practical effects and not like filmmaking but like as far as like a shark attack like being like uh having to deal with sharks in a situation in a stranded situation i believe the reef is a amazing film uh, I like the nature. I like the nature okay. uh, isolation ones. Like the edge is a fun. Like where there we have to try to work our way out of the situation, but it's very difficult because we have something stalking us, basically. Okay, so it's not strictly the isolation. It's like being at the mercy of the elements, kind of. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Okay, because there, because um, that's real. That's that's real fear. Like that's real scariness to me. Well, especially for a modern city folk like that that that's a nightmare scenario where it's like you're out of your element and what do we do now um i would be remiss if i didn't mention uh, there's there was a movie called fall that came out uh just last year i think i haven't seen it um but the premise is it's two gals on like a observation tower or something it's like thousands of feet it's just it's like a spire that goes straight up and down uh, it's like thousands of feet up in the air and it's just the two of them trapped up there or something <laughs> Um, another one of those isolation thrillers where I guess like the main concern is one, don't fall. And two, uh, it's probably windy up there and also hot because I think it takes place in a desert. Uh, I'd be curious to see that one. Actually, the premise was interesting enough to me. Yeah. I, I strongly recommend the reef. It doesn't have very good reviews. I remember really, really liking it and thinking that this was legit scary. Like they do a really good job of making this a, a realistic, uh, like being hunted by sharks or being surrounded by sharks kind of deal. Um, but yeah, I, I do like this, the elements because it's truly scary to me. It's like, I live in interior Alaska right now. So <laughs> yeah. So real, it's already, there's already snow on the ground here. Like it's already, it's, oh, it's already almost winter. We're going to be in the teens next week uh, or this, this week actually. Um, so yeah, I, I think I have a good idea of what December is going to be, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, it just always adds an element and it it's kind of here in this movie but kind of not like they they don't really do anything to help themselves in the situation like they're not bundled up uh homegirl by the way uh was gonna smoke a cigarette and she dropped her glove on the ground so she's down one glove which she just keeps out of her doesn't keep in her pocket like she's just got it out for some reason like they're not doing a very good job of protecting themselves from the elements in this movie yeah, they also throw their uh, their scarves down uh, to Dan because mm-hmm. uh, they ask him to tie tourniquets around his thighs. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they ne- <laughs> they never tell him to, to release. Dan. They never tell him to release those tourniquets. By the way, uh, he's starting to say like, "I'm starting to lose feeling in my legs," and they're like, "It's gonna be okay, bro." I think that's every- I think that's every other line from Iceman at that it, point in the movie. It is also crazy funny that he's the like he's like, "All right, I'm gonna jump down and get help," and he breaks both of his legs in the worst possible way that you could break them. So there's like absolutely no shot of him going to get help. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I broke both my legs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna. That's my it's takeaway so from this movie. Is that? It, is that sound? I'm gonna try. I'll. I'll. I'll isolate it. I'll get it. Um. Oh but this God. is. I. This is 
pretty funny. I like this next scene. Uh, so it's daytime finally. Like the the sun's coming up, and we get Bobby's got his uh, his head rested on the ski lift, just sleeping. And we pan over, and there's a bare hand hanging out on this railing. And I'm like, I bet you that hand is stuck. Uh, it is. It's pretty stuck. Um, now this is pretty funny. She has to basically rip her hand off, but she's got to rip some skin off along the way. Now, it looks pretty good when it's stuck there. Like, they did a pretty good job of making it look like it's stuck. And she ends up pulling it off and pulls her skin off. And the skin that they left on the on the uh, rail, like, looks pretty disgusting. I'm like, oh, that is gross. But then she turns her hand to look at it. It looks like they took acrylic paint and just put it on her fingers. It, I'm like, come on, guys. They, you Just a little bit of money on the practical effects here? Come on. <laughs> you were so close. It's kind of surprising because we do get like a really impressive dead body later in the film. Uh, the legs didn't look great, but you, the, the one at the very end of the movie, like for what little we see of it, it looks like it is just raw meat. Like it's not a makeup prop so much it is as it is a bunch of animal carcasses that they they put some makeup effects to. But um, this director does have connections in the makeup effects world. Those hatchet movies are entirely based around that, like around gore effects and stuff. Uh, decent ones. Some of them are better than others. Um, like they're not on the level of say like a Terrifier movie or something like that. But um, yeah, it's kind of shocking how how bad that shot of of the aftermath of her ripping her skin off her of her hand is. Like it looks real janky. Um also like this is another one where like as Kyle said about cliffhangering the wire instead of going hand over hand. Kyle like I don't know, maybe this is my ignorance showing, but is there a way you could have prevented the skin from being torn off? Like say what if you like breathed on it like like put some like warm condensation on it to put some separation between the the flesh and the and the metal or something well honestly i don't know how her hand got stuck on there um she got sweaty palms (laughs) yeah i don't know how her hand got stuck i would think that yeah if you could maybe get the icicle and maybe just try to like chisel it yeah not chisel it but like try to like (laughs) get your body heat on the on there and just kind of get it to melt so maybe try to get it that way but yeah i don't know you don't want to do i mean i guess breath might be able to work but you people are like oh if you get your like tongue stuck to a pole you should use hot water it's like no you use cold water if you're gonna try to do that so yeah i don't know uh i honestly trevor i wouldn't have put myself in this position where i'd have to make that choice yeah, no, I believe that 100%. <laughs> if I don't have a glove on and it's below fucking 20 degrees, I'm going to have my hand in a pocket. That's just me, though. Yeah, or, you know, or, you know re- like, retract it into your sleeve or, you know, something. Yeah. Some, anything, really. Anything, really, <laughs> to keep it warm. <laughs> anything that you want to keep cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, she, uh, she has some uh, frostbite developing, by the way, which... Uh, later on, it doesn't look so great, but yeah, she got like this patch of red on mm-hmm. on her one cheek. Uh, yeah, uh, Bobby wakes up and he's just like, oh. and then he just looks over at her and he looks at the skin on the rail and he's just like, huh, and he doesn't ever address it. He just he just looks at it. That's it. 
He's <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> Gross. All right. I actually, I actually really do like her reaction to to hurting herself. She doesn't mention it once. Mm-hmm. Like she just, she's super quiet. She's like, ooh, and she she just quietly. He's like saying good morning to her, and she's just quietly pu- pulling her hand in her sleep. She's so embarrassed, basically. <laughs> oh, this um, is embarrassing. <laughs> by the way, she's had to pee for oh, the whole movie, buddy, dude. This okay? So this she <laughs> they show her crotch, and I'm like, what did we do? I'm like, oh, that's right, she has to pee, and then. The fucking song from Titanic that makes you cry, where it's just the violinist playing. <laughs> and then she just starts peeing on the ski lift. It's the saddest song that they play for her to pee. Like, it's a fucking tragedy that she has to piss on this. I'm like, guys, her boyfriend was eaten alive by wolves, but peeing on a ski lift is where we have to bring out the violin. Yeah, I did mention Eli Roth earlier in this discussion. This this is the kind of shit that makes me think of him. Yeah. I mean, Eli Roth, the same director who felt it necessary to have somebody have diarrhea after somebody was uh, murdered and eaten. Yeah. <laughs> I, that seems like an appropriate sequence of events. As I was watching that, I'm like, are you fucking... That, I almost turned it off there. I'm like, okay, this is fucking stupid. Why would you do that? That's disgusting. Yeah, I, I to this day, I that's mostly what I remember that movie, mostly just because I was like, what? What? Like, yeah. Just what? Like, there's all manner of strange reactions one could have to that sort of trauma, but you went with diarrhea. and complete with fart noises like one is capable of having diarrhea without like fart machine fart noises playing over it oh i i had to tell steph like i i I just let her in on a little secret i'm like you may or may not know this but uh men's rooms are disgusting and i'm like every time i go to the airport there is some dude in there like giving a who does number two work for shit in there (laughs) She's like, seriously? I'm like, every time. Every time I'm in the airport, there's some guy in there just, oh, uh, 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 just fucking, uh, uh, I broke both my legs. (laughs) Trying to shit. And I'm like, now, I'm like, it's not any better at the office now that I, it, it, it's the same thing. I'll go in there to pee and they're just like, uh, uh, just fucking like. (laughs) shitting in there i'm like i don't know what it is like dudes have no shame in there like get, your, get your fiber man it must like be roughage guys do Metamucil. not <laughs> like, well, for the record uh i have been told ladies rooms are not great either oh um in terms of cleanliness i can't speak to the performance uh, the art? soundscape yeah no yeah. <laughs> the performance yeah, the art performance that's going art on <laughs> The theatrical experience of going to the toilet, but I have heard that a lot of ladies' rooms are absolutely disgusting, just in terms of cleanliness. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah, guys mm. aren't that much better. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah. So yeah, they like to wad paper up and heave it over <laughs> over the stalls at each other. Oh, gross. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys have trouble aiming uh, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> It's uh, art, Kyle. They like they like to make patterns. <laughs> and they get carried. Okay, away. kill him. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so then I actually just skipped through this part because it's just them chatting on the on the ski lift. I just like I, I was watching on my laptop. I'm like, okay, something's <laughs> happening. Because <laughs> I'm like, I couldn't care less about the chit chit chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I already talked about the good parts, so most most of it is skippable. So yeah, I guess Bobby is gonna he's gonna try the wire again. Uh, he's you know had barely not not any good sleep, no food or water. He's got his strength up, so he's going to try to do this wire thing again. He's going to try to get to a ladder, uh, from what I can gather. Um, my wife, as we were watching this, she's like, why are they stuck on a ski lift? I'm like, that that's the movie. They're stuck on the ski lift. <laughs> she's like, why didn't they get off? I'm like, I can't with you right now. Like, just... Uh, <laughs> I had to pause the movie real quick. I'm like, all right, here's what happened. Da, 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 da. And she's like, okay, why didn't he take off? I was like, why didn't he just like do the cliffhanger over the wire i'm like i thought of that i think it's because he's got heavy boots on and she's like well why didn't he just take them off i'm like what she's like just take them off go over there get over to the ladder get down grab your boots again i'm like it's fucking sound yeah no that's a, that's a good point he could she he could have done that um but yeah i think he does end up taking off does he t- end up taking off his boots here I don't think he does. Okay. Uh, he keeps he keeps him on, but it is important to note um, as he's climbing on the wire, uh, it's cutting through his his gloves. Yeah. Like the steel cable, uh, so it's causing him harm. Um, but yeah, what what serves as like the impetus for him to try again is, I think she, I think the two of them like like share stories about Dan. Like they basically have like a like a wake or like a like. A, memorial or something for for dan and he tells the story of how he first met dan like when they're little kids and he tells he tells her that dan was a fat little kid and stuff uh it's a sweet little story nice camera work here like well acted because it's mostly in one shot um i like that he has this this quirk of like like kind of dangling his legs like he kicks his legs like like a little kid or something when he's sitting on the ski lift and it's very appropriate considering that he's talking about childhood as he does it but Anyway, he gets on there, and uh, yeah, uh, long story short, he does uh, make it to the next ski lift, but he needs to make one more uh, to to reach the the tower, which serves as the support structure for the cabling, which has a ladder on it that he can climb down. Um, in in traveling across the wire, though, he jostles uh, like the connecting point of their ski lift on the wire, so it's like hanging on by like a nut and a bolt. Like, like it's on it's basically hanging by a thread mm-hmm. uh, so she's in danger of having her of her seat like falling uh, because it might get decoupled from the wire uh, but yeah he actually makes it to the ladder and uh he asks her to heave his ski pole uh because he's anticipating having to tangle with the wolves when he gets down there and uh yeah she, her throw sucks like yeah. like I couldn't do much better, but the lady, you gotta do better. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he gets down there, and uh, he, of course, immediately he is attacked by the wolves. Um, he manages to fight them off, and then he he does like injure his leg, I think, getting down. Um, but he uh, he gets onto one of the snowboards, I think, and he he slide he tries to slide down the slope, like sitting down on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing we see of him is like four fucking wolves chasing after him as he very slowly slides down the hill and he's like 
wait up i'll send help just stay put <laughs> it's like nobody I, I don't think this is gonna work out <laughs> there's a there's a crazy video of a guy uh skiing down a mountain and uh he's just like Ooh, just skiing just getting that back and forth you know leisurely coming down there's a fucking bear coming down the mountain at him and i don't think he realizes that there's a bear behind him uh, it's pretty cool. I'll find it. <laughs> Please do. Uh, I think those have become not common, but they do seem to, those videos do seem to be popping up lately of, of stupid jackasses, like taking selfies on mountains and stuff and like having wolves or bears just be in the background of the shot without them knowing. Dude, there, uh, one of the most terrifying videos I think I've ever seen uh, from like skiing and snowboarding. So uh, generally, what you do on the front of the mountain when you get to this when you get to the uh, the mountain to ski, there's the front side of the mountain, and there's lots of lifts, and they'll you know go up. Like Stevens Stevens Pass is a really good example. On the back side, it's a little bit more treacherous, but they'll generally have like just depending on the mountains, there might be one or two slopes back there. But there's also the off like the not really backcountry, but it's just like it's the off-road stuff that people can do. You can do it with snowboards. I think it's a little easier to maneuver with skis. I think just your maneuverability is a little bit easier. But there is a video. This guy's got his GoPro on. Uh, I'll send this to you as well. Uh, <laughs> this guy is, uh, I don't know if he's skiing or snowboarding, but I'm talking like it's the powder where you can see the top three feet of the trees, basically. And it's like pretty white like not white out but it's like it's not super visible out there and this guy's just kind of going through and it's not even you can't even go fast really like it's like you kind of have to like maneuver around a little bit and he noticed like he like stops for a second and he like i guess he kind of sits down he notices there's a fucking snowboard sticking out of the snow and just a guy's feet on the other side of this tree if he didn't stop at this point like just by luck he managed to stop at this point this guy never would have been found and i'm telling you trevor this guy is in only his feet in the snowboard are showing he is uh, like straight down in snow basically so this guy has to like stick his skis in and like dig this dude out i was watching it i'm like that's the most terrifying thing i can think of because i've fallen in deep snow like that before where it's close to the uh, like close to where everything's at Real fucking panic sets in, and you're you're near people on the backside of a mountain like that. One of the most terrifying things I could think of. That's kind of like the question, like the, I don't know, the keep busy question that all the characters are asking themselves uh, towards the beginning of their crisis in this movie. It's like, what is the worst way you can imagine to die? And I think the one guy said, eaten by a shark. She said, getting set on fire. And the one guy said, Sarlacc pit. So is, what is yours being uh, buried in snow where nobody can find you? When you see this video, dude, you're going to be like, holy shit, that guy is lucky to be alive. Like, you don't yeah, even... that would be that would be terrifying. Just I'm looking at it now. I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even know how he catches him. I don't even know how he notices him there. Because this is like also like fresh powder. So like it's like pretty early in the day. Like nobody's really been back there. Um, so yeah, I'll send it to you. Whew. It was at Mount Baker too. Oh shit. Yeah. I'll send it to you. Yeah, man. I think, I think, I think, uh, I think drowning would be a pretty bad way to go. Um, like, yeah, that would be pretty bad. I would think I'd rather drown than burn alive though. Well, yeah, I mean that, that's, <laughs> that affects every nerve in your body. 
like like the things that send pain signals to your body are on fire <laughs> like i'm sure that is the worst thing you could possibly experience uh i think imploding like michael bean does in the abyss that seems like a pretty good way to go because it's just smush you're that's just, quick you're yeah, smushed yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the pressure's so great that it's like you probably wouldn't have a chance to feel that it'd be too fast oh they found there there's uh you can look it up online the remains of somebody that that happened to in like one of those deep water like under yeah underwater things it's not even a person like it's just it's, it's insane <laughs> yeah chunk chunky salsa yeah it's not even salt yeah, i don't even know how to describe it it's pretty disgusting though uh but yeah pretty close <laughs> to chunky salsa um but yeah so you know wolves are back and then homegirl basically is gonna she ha- she's being forced out of the uh out of the chair basically yeah, she's being forced to the end of the movie because, yeah. <laughs> like, this movie has been very dialogue centric, and now we have a por- a portion of the movie where the viewer is looking at the screen cockeyed and being like, "Now what?" Like, she doesn't have anybody to talk to, so they they very wisely do a bunch of jump cuts to like show the passage of time and show her like fidgeting and being scared and uncomfortable now that she's completely alone. He left us. He left us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's like squirming around and she's, you can see the wheels turning in her head that she's planning to jump mm-hmm. anyway. And there has been snowfall, like, and maybe it, maybe it'll have a bit more cushion to it. Like, mm-hmm. I, who knows? Like, at that point, it's like, what do you do? Um, and by the way, uh, Dan's corpse has been buried in the snow. Like, there's been enough snowfall that he's basically, you can see his fingers poking up out of the snow, but he's, he is buried. Um, and she's about to jump, but instead the the ski lift falls off the the wire. Um, so she falls bef- she falls like halfway down. So it's like it's still attached to the wire. So she drops a, a handful of feet, like like ten twenty feet lower. So I guess that's how they explain that she doesn't break both her legs uh, the way her boyfriend did. So she's hanging off the ski lift, and then she falls. So she falls considerably less distance than he did. And she, like, hurts her leg, but doesn't break it. Um, and then the ski lift falls, and it, like, pins her one foot, but doesn't break it or anything. So she's incapacitated, but she's still able to crawl and stuff. Uh, so she crawls out from under the ski lift and just kind of rolls her way down the slope um, until she comes across uh, what remains of Iceman, uh, Bobby. Uh, he got edited, and I, I gotta say that his corpse is pretty grisly looking. We don't see it in super explicit detail, but the few glimpses we get of it, it's pretty gnarly. Um, and I think a, a wolf stares her down, but it's kind of preoccupied with you know the the fresh meal that's just still there. It's yeah. like eh, why I don't want to waste my time with you. Yeah. Uh, I do like the one wolf that's sitting off to the side that's like super casual. It's just like. It's got like blood. It's got like blood all over the its face, and it's just like, yep, just I'm hanging full. out. <laughs> He's like, I'm full. Oh man, should have had that third helping of, yeah. of Ice Man. Should have had all <laughs> like that. He's pork. just, yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's just super casual. Just like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, full belly. Yeah, full belly of Ice Man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then she just gets to the road and waves down a truck, right? Yeah, she crawls out to the road, and they have like a a little bit of a a tease where she actually misses a car that goes by, mm. and she like just lays her head down in the snow, and it looks like she's fully defeated. Um, but then another like a van comes up and almost hits her, but 
it stops and some good Samaritan picks her up mm-hmm. and is taking her to the hospital. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think our closing shot is of her. Uh, it's a it's just shot from her in the passenger seat, uh, just like looking wistfully out into the middle distance, like a changed person uh, from having pissed her pants in the snow. <laughs> That's the only thing that happened to her. She pissed her pants, <laughs> and it was the most depressing thing that ever happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of makes me think of uh, the descent a little bit, the ending Ooh. of it, or at least the theatrical ending of the descent, because it does have a diff- it does have a director's cut ending. Pretty great movie, if you ask me. I did enjoy the, the descent quite a lot. It didn't see the second one, um, but that, that first one I saw that in the theater, and it played very well mm. on the big screen with the crowd. Oh yeah, yeah. I want to go um, see that. Did new- you ever see the the director's cut of that one? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure <laughs> i i've seen two endings i don't know which i don't know what they are okay. but i know i've seen two okay endings. you you have then anyway yeah but yeah that was yeah. that was it that was uh frozen starring Kristen bell <laughs> emma bell emma bell emma yeah uh, sure <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah uh it was fine it was it was entertaining uh not in the way they meant it to be uh but it was uh entertaining <laughs> Uh, we could I could have done a lot worse, Trevor. A lot worse. Um, a lot worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I enjoyed it for the most part. Like I said, some of the dialogue works better than some. Like like there are some flabby instances of it where it's like it's less gripping than it was just a couple of minutes ago. Um, but is well performed all around. Like all three of these actors are quite capable, uh, with the exception of. <laughs> 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 it's it's he's trying but just something about the tonality that just it it makes me laugh i don't know what that that probably that probably makes me sound like a bad person because it, it's funny. it's i think it's funny it's but funny. i laugh at weird shit like i i find ways to laugh at some of the weirdest shit and for some reason that just tickled me oh no we were like, both I, we, kyle and i have yeah. this in common apparently that i thought it was funny it was comical <laughs> like there, there was no getting around it it was funny <laughs> so with the exception of that i think i think it's well acted for the most part i've said multiple times it's a handsome production it's shot well uh good on them for actually putting the actors in the location that they were intending to portray um this would not have worked in the least uh if it was it was if it was shot on a low budget 2010 green screen imagine what that would have been kyle yeah i like, know you would you would have turned this off i think yeah i would have um, turned it off yeah, I, I think you would have been disgusted at looking at it and just would have not given it the time of day. But yeah. as it stands, I think it's I think it's a pretty decent little horror film. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you could say that Adam Green is an outright talented director, but he is clearly passionate. Uh, you can tell that he, there's like an exuberance and a joy that, that comes out in, in his filmmaking. You can tell he's having a good time. And he has that kind of like, James Gunn quality to him where he does seem to have his his cast of players that he just is friends with and just wants to hang out with on the set basically um, and he also wrote this film on top of directing it so he's he he's okay with dialogue I wouldn't say he's brilliant but he's he can write a movie well enough um, but yeah uh, I would say this is one of his better movies uh, the hatchet films are super straightforward and kind of chintzy looking uh when you get into some of those sequels they're they're they look k- kind of 
too cheap for what they're trying to pull off. Uh, but this one all around is is pretty good. It might it might be his best. Well, all right, that's high praise. <laughs> well, anything else you gotta say about Frozen? Or are we about done here, Kyle? Nah, let it go. Let it go. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, that's uh, our second episode of Kyle's Killer October. Uh, you care to share what's on the docket for next week, or I are believe, you still in the planning phase? I believe it is high tension. I think it's high time that we cover high tension. I've wanted to see this movie for years, and I keep forgetting about it, so I'm finally going to get the opportunity. Well, hey, we're coming back to like one of the early premises of, of catching up on cinema, literally catching up on the things that you know maybe have been bugging us for a while. And yeah, that that's one worth going back and visiting. Uh, we've had good success with that... Uh, that a uh, new wave of French horror. Uh, yeah. What was it? Uh, Inside. I think. I think we both enjoyed that one. Yeah, we, Martyrs. We that one. Martyrs is the one that we haven't gotten to, and it's like the Metallica of that wave, apparently. I think that's an apt description. Uh, Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast. Apparently, he and his friends had like a group watch of that Ooh. one. Uh, yeah, a, a drunken group watch of that one, and it, it lives on in infamy among that social circle. So we won't be getting drunk watching that one but yeah we'll maybe next year or something we'll get to to the metallica of new new wave french horror yeah yeah got to build to it <laughs> or hey uh december uh, that's another kyle month yeah. uh what kyle's cold october <laughs> cold december or whatever <laughs> i think we're going to go sub zero <laughs> kyle's sub zero <laughs> in december <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, anyway, uh, if you'd like to catch up on any of our other Catching Up on Cinema content, you can find all of that collected on our website at catchinguponcinema.com. I can find us on the social medias, on uh, the Instagram at Catching Up on Cinema, as well as the Twitter slash X at Catching Cinema. So feel free to hit me up at either of those. Uh, and the podcast is available on pretty much every platform you can imagine, including Bitcade. Uh, so fucking Google it. Google it. And that being said, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Hello, I am a robot. Yeah. Did I do it last week?